Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you are having a great Thursday. My name is Steve Miller, and I'm here with my friend and coworker Zachary Waugh. And this is the Family Faith and the Village podcast. And we're happy to have you joining us uh, on this Thursday as we put out content every Thursday on uh, Audible and on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. Am I forgetting anything, Zachary? I think that about sums it up. That's where most of them are. And and we're happy that you found us. And we've just wrapped up a series on kind of building faith at home. And and we've said from the beginning that was going to be a topic that uh, really transcended whether we were doing standalone episodes or a series like we just wrapped up. But today we are talking turkey, if you will, or chicken or Burgers, whatever you may be uh, eating around the table with but your not family. Pork, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on uh, which testament you're jumping into there. Now, we're talking about family meals, I guess, about eating together as a family, Zachary. And uh, uh, I guess there's a few aspects of it we're going to tackle today. And, uh, and hopefully, this is something, again, like uh, other episodes, you can apply to uh, your walk, your family, and uh, and just continue to grow your faith and continue to impact the village around you. Absolutely. So in 1946, something happened in America that really changed dinner time quite significantly. There was a man by the name of Mr. Percy Spencer who had fought in the, in the uh, World War II, and he got back and he was a physicist, and he found out that some of the equipment, the radar technology that was being used during the war, uh, could be used for another purpose. And he, in 1946, was credited as inventing the microwave. And the microwave forever changed the dynamic of family dinners. In fact, I was just in a place not too long ago where the microwave, it was super old, I would say at least 30, 40 years old, still working, but it had directions on the front of how to cook full roasts and a full turkey and a full chicken. And I and I talked to a few of the people that were around. I was like, people actually did that back in the day? Like the thought of cooking a full raw meat in the microwave. But when they came out, that was their pitch, right? You could do it in 45 minutes right. or whatever. So I, I talk about the microwave to say that with the microwave came microwave dinners uh, and things that you could just throw in the microwave and a couple minutes later they were ready and the dynamic of that family dinner the dinner that you see on shows like leave it to beaver or the andy griffith show where every night it was cooking it was you're sitting down as a family in the table it changed uh because of that that invention and probably because of the invention of the tv tray as well technology tv tray technology as a whole um, you talk right. about the invention of the microwave, but just think about how technology affects that mealtime now. Um, yeah. You know, what's pulling us to, whether it's homework on the Chromebook, whether it's a show on TV, how that affects the time that people used to always sit down together and have a meal. Unless you think Zachary and I are just a couple of old souls complaining about the way things <laughs> used to be scientifically it's not just a longing uh, that we have for families to get back around the table. Scientifically, there are so many 
aspects of a family dinner, of sitting down together and eating together. Um, when you start reading about this stuff and you start looking into it, Zachary, my mind was kind of blown. Um, yeah. Just, I wasn't expecting to find all the pro-family meal people out there. I didn't think we'd find stuff opposed to it, but I didn't think we'd find stuff necessarily pushing it. And again, it's not just maybe from a church standpoint or from a community standpoint. Science, doctors, medicine, pediatricians all point to the huge value of a family sitting down to eat together. Absolutely. They do. So we've both found some research, and I'll just read a few of these stats. This is from an article from the New York Times. And the stat is this. In the United in the United States, about 70% of meals are consumed outside the home. And if that seems high to you, will you think, well, you got school, you got work, you have breakfast on the run, just different things. That's easy to believe. And 20%, according to this article, are eaten in the car. I'm sorry for you people that care about your car that much, but 20% are eaten in in the car, and about half of American families rarely have dinner. And this is, again, talking about the research that's out there. This is all according to a Harvard University Family Dinner Project study. So, I mean, like Steve said, there's so many different health reasons, scientific reasons, and we'll talk about those a little bit more, but we, would, we wouldn't be talking about this if we didn't think that there was some spiritual benefit and faith building benefit as well. Absolutely. Just to touch quickly on what you said there, there's a, a gentleman in our congregation here uh, that is a home builder. And I have heard him make the comment to others or the discussion has been, and obviously he says it kind of in jest, but pointing to those figures you just read, he says he could build a house without a dining room and maybe even without a kitchen if it had a good delivery window or something yeah. with all your Uber right. Eats and things. And that's kind of sad, especially when you dig in a little and you start seeing things like studies show, and not just one study from Harvard, but almost every study that you look at absolutely shows children and families who eat together have less anxiety, like just measurably less anxiety, self-esteem and less stress, higher self-esteem and lower stress across the board in these studies based families that eat together versus don't or regularly eat together versus not really or or sit down at the table without the phone or without the TV. Um, chemically, like your body re releases different chemicals that make you happier and more focused uh, when you sit down to eat together. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of stats. I'll, I'll read another one that's mind-boggling. And it's this, adolescents who ate family meals five to seven times a week were twice as likely to get A's in school as those who ate dinner with their families fewer than two times a week. Just statistics, statistics out the wazoo, I mean, they're everywhere. Uh, even kids, they have a larger vocabulary. They read easier just by having a family meal. So maybe, Steve, you and I can kind of talk about what what our history growing up and our background and our stories with family meals and maybe what do family meals look like today within both of our families as well. So my family growing up, it was a little bit of a hybrid. Um, we didn't necessarily sit down as a family every night. 
Um, especially as I got, I was the oldest and a couple younger sisters, especially as I got older and busier and they got older and busier. Um, my mom worked a lot. My dad worked a lot. So, um, while we had family dinners and, and, you know, my mom's an awesome cook and we got to experience a lot of that. It wasn't, uh, maybe as routine as what it is for my family now. And to be honest, my, it wasn't as routine for my family five years ago when I was in a different position and a different time. Yeah. Um, but we have really made it while it's always been a thing, even when I was at work and maybe missed those dinners, it's something that my wife always has done, um, was sit down at night and, and we can talk about some of the things we do as we go through a little bit further, but, but yeah, so mine was a, a little bit of mix growing up. And now I would say it's a pretty big priority in our in, priority, excuse me, in our house to sit down you know, maybe on a Saturday because of the schedule, it's lunch instead of dinner. But we sit down together as a family at one point during the day, period. Right. It, that's beautiful. Just all those experiences. Uh, the first, one of the first memories I have of just food or meals in general would be at my grandmother's house. So my mom used to work and my dad used to work and they would drop us off at, uh, at the grandparents' house there in town. And my grandmother was practically running a daycare. She would have about 10 children there. And she would have toothbrushes for each one of us hanging up perfectly organized in the bathroom for after lunch. We would have to go brush our teeth and go take a nap. Uh, But my first memories of meals and things were sitting on the counter and watching my grandmother cook. I think that's why I enjoy cooking is because I just soaked it in as a kid and I I, I think I soaked it in as a kid because she would give me samples, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I even experienced the dinner bell growing up. I know exactly what drawer in her house it still is. And you get that thing out and you ring the bell when it's time to eat. And here comes all the kids running and you sit down as a meal. And it's such an amazing thing. In my home, in my immediate family home, it wasn't something that happened every night especially the older we got, the more difficult it becomes to do. But Sunday lunches, there wasn't anywhere to go out to eat in our town. So it was, we always went home. We had a meal that was important. And oftentimes throughout the week, like Steve said, there was never or very rarely a day where we didn't at least meet all together, just sit down all together. Hopefully that was at a dinner table because I think there's a lot of benefits to just that setting and doing things over food or over drinks or something, you know, but we always put a priority upon that. Uh, And then in our, in my house now, it's just my wife and I still looks a little bit different, but we still sit at our table, a big old dining room table with two people. And then we, uh, we don't allow phones. We just, that's our little intimate time there together. Steve, what do you think it is about food and or drinks, you know, coffee or tea or something that you kind of savor and don't just drink real quick? What is it about that that promotes and fosters, you know, good conversation and healthy It does. And I think, you know, to go back a little bit to the science of it, I mean, if your body is releasing the right chemicals and functioning the right way. And studies even show that when you gather around the table rather than around the TV, 
you eat less and you, to your point, there's better right. communication, all those type of things. I think it just fosters truly a mental and physical kind of buy-in when you sit down with, like you said, something to drink, something to eat. Um, you referenced this a little bit, thinking about the memories of, of with your grandma. For me, uh, the family stories, the things that I wouldn't know about my grandparents or about my family that came out around dinner tables. And I even see it now with our family. Like we sit and maybe stories just randomly come up as we're sitting there. Things that I remember about my dad or my grandpa or my mom or grandma. And I'm telling my kids these stories because I remember sitting around the table and somebody telling me those stories. And um, so I just think there's just a, as humans, there's just something in us that, that enjoys that and, uh, and can really build off of that. Um, you know, again, we eat a little healthier probably when we're eating like that. Yep. Uh, we're also raising kids that are a little more self-sufficient to your point, learning to cook, right. learning to, you know, can figure out a meal for themselves. You know, maybe for some of my kids, it's still using the microwave. So the microwave is <laughs> right. not a total villain no, no, in this it's, story, it's, it's not. <laughs> but, but I mean, just teaching our kids to be self-sufficient and, and that they can do these things. I think that goes to that. Uh, self-esteem that we talked about um, we're the same way uh, we try very hard to uh, turn off the tv or pause the netflix or whatever may have been going on before dinner yeah. um no you know we don't have our phones out and doing stuff i think it was restaurant maybe it was chick-fil-a they used to give you like free cookies if you turned in your phone oh um, wow, there was nice. like a little thing, like a thing. yeah yeah <laughs> um, you know but but that type of mentality um it's really neat to see our kids communication skills grow, see our relationships with them grow just in that little bit of time around the table. Um, I just can't say enough. And as someone with four kids, uh, a few more meals at home around the table, save you some money too. So I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, uh, didn't point that out as well. Yeah. Eating out gets uh, pretty expensive really quick, especially in your case with a big old family as well. Uh, some of the rules that we had, Growing up at the dinner table, of course, we would, you know, mute or more more likely turn off the TV because our TV was right by our dining room table in our house. No phones would be allowed. And another one that if, if I'm in this setting in another family, if I'm eating with someone else, it drives me nuts because we were never allowed to do it. But if you're done and everyone else is still eating, you ain't. You ain't getting a free pass. It's not a eat and run. So our <laughs> so. our family, uh, we do the same thing. And somewhere in a movie, in a TV show, years and years ago, there was a line that was something of the effect of, and it was like the family had ended up with a big argument and people were storming away from the table, right? And the yeah. dad or whatever says, hey, we come to this table together and we leave this table together. Basically saying like, we're not going to storm off. We're not going to eat quick right. and go do our own thing. And we kind of, we have that same principle. So our kids know that they don't even ask to be excused until we're kind of to that point where yep. we're wrapping up. And yeah. we do some other things, um, even when our kids ask to be excused. In, the, in my list of little things we do, I'll, I'll touch on that here in a little bit. But, you know, as we run down this list, as Zachary and I both pulled different articles and different books and kind of looked into that family meal and the impact that it had and just were really amazed even from a scientific worldly, even if you would say it view, uh, I think it's important 
to point out a little bit about what the Bible says Absolutely. about doing this. And, and Zachary, you may have a few. I've got a few. I can run through a couple and then maybe if you have more to share and then I can bounce back with a few more. But um, all throughout the Bible, there are scriptures about hospitality. There are scriptural scriptures about, I uh, think about the end of Acts chapter two, when the church is just growing like crazy. It's really talking about the time when not just as families, but as a church family, they were eating together and they were doing this stuff and spending this yeah. kind of time together. So um, I think those are huge things. I also think uh, in first Corinthians 10, when it's talking about whatever you are doing and it specifically says, um, when you eat and when you drink and it's, it's telling us how useful this time is. And maybe again, there's all kinds of uh, scientific wisdom in the Bible as well. And I think that points to that. Uh, And then just one more I had was uh, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. We look at these scriptures and, and often as in the context, we're talking about meeting together for worship there. But if you apply that to your family, don't neglect this time to meet together. Yeah. Uh, I think the family table is a is a great opportunity to do that and really follow a biblical example there as well. Absolutely. I think one of the things we sh- probably should mention that just because you have a meal at your table doesn't mean that this is, like, something magical is going to happen, especially if you sit there in silence or if parents are arguing at one another or if you're scolding your children. It, it takes a little bit of work and maybe more than work, it just takes time to kind of foster that environment to where everyone is on the same page and realizes this time is going to be a time to connect with one another, to share stories, positive, it's it's good. Some of the questions just growing up for me uh, and coming home and eating around our table on a Sunday lunch after church would be, what did you learn in Bible class? Tell us about it. Explain it a little bit. Or maybe something at the end of a school day. What was your favorite thing about the school day? How is is this student doing? You know, different things like that. Uh, But creating that meaningful conversation does a world of good. Absolutely. And I think um, just even some of the things we've already talked about um, from some of those studies, even some of the things that you were just talking about and what you did at the the table – they go back even to more scripture. I mean, First uh, Thessalonians 5.11, when we're told to encourage and build each other up. For us as a family in my house, some of the best opportunities to do that have come when we sat down to eat together. Um, when uh, so, uh, 55, Psalm 55, uh, sweet counsel together or something like that, I think it, it says, I mean, think about the counsel that is given around the dinner table, around the lunch right. table, around yeah. when you sat with your grandma and all your cousins yeah. or all the kids right. that were around, right? right? Yep. I mean, the counsel that we give in those times. And we talked about, I mean, just scientifically, it's healthier. And we're told in multiple places in the Bible, um, you know, how to take care of ourselves, how to take care of our body, and our body is a temple. Um, so I think there are so many ways. I love it when the Bible and smart scientific wisdom just pairs so well and it's funny to me that just something as simple as a family meal show how well those two things 
are paired together. We do some of the stuff you already mentioned. Um, when our kids ask to be excused, they have to give us a Bible verse. So we have a Bible. Okay. We have one typically a daily or weekly type thing on the wall in the dining room. So they've got an out. But this is also a really good time if you've got um, memory work that you're doing for a yep. Bible class or mm-hmm. things like that. Um, we've used the dinner table to do a lot of that. Like I said, we, we always kind of have one verse from the family. So if they need to, they can look up. They can ask to be excused. They can read that verse. Yeah. But a lot of times it's worked really well to tie in a memory verse or an LTC theme or right. different things going on. Yeah, That's absolutely. Um, uh, we come together, we leave together, kind of like you yep. already talked about. Um, the questions that we've found success with, and and some of these would be awesome for your family. I encourage you to go find. You can Google, you know, things to talk about at dinner. Um, but we ask things like someone you blessed today. So that might be what we at least talk about to start. Um, or we say something you're thankful for. Um, a not so popular one sometimes among four kids is we do the uh, tell me something positive about the person on your left, right, or across from you, and depending on the. Name. I can see how that is a difficult. You're, you're one, one of four siblings, exactly. so you know some nights you sit down at the dinner table, you might not have something right. positive to say about Absolutely. one sibling or the other. But, um, but, and again, those things it goes back to to what pediatricians and and scientists say you know it teaches us how to communicate it teaches us how to form relationships Um, scripturally when we can talk about who we blessed and how we bless them on a day and when our kids sit for a while i don't really have anything well no just going and doing something like look for ways that you didn't even think about at the time that might have been a blessing Um, those have been huge things uh, around our table so maybe you're thinking, why the dinner table? You know, why isn't this something we can do in the car? Why isn't this something we can do somewhere else? And I think it just boils down to the simple fact that this is your best chance you have throughout your week to have everyone together with, without the possibility of different distractions coming in. Absolutely. You know, we've, I mean, we've become so busy that other places where maybe in the past, in the long past, uh, those were great times to foster this. Dinner time is the best we have now in the time where we don't have those distractions and we don't have uh, we don't have our devices on us and that they're keeping us away from conversation that we could be having in the car, different things like that. And that's another thing that you know the research shows as well. It's just it may be the only chance you get throughout the week. Don't lose that as well. I remember as a child, we loved the rare occasion, maybe once a week, maybe maybe not even that much, where typically on a Sunday night, if we would get pizza or something, we would get to go eat it in the living room and watch TV. And that was, it was like the biggest treat. Right. It was so much fun to eat food in the living room, watching TV. We were living the life. But don't neglect that time because it's so easy to just – Let's watch TV yeah. and eat all and we, the time. We we do the same. We do some movie nights sometimes on Friday yeah. and do some pizza and, and throw a blanket down so maybe we don't get stuff too messy or whatever. Right. right. And I think that's awesome as well. And I think that brings about a different aspect. And and I am blessed that my wife has been able to foster this. Every once in a while we get kids that are oh, you know, they're frustrated because they're still sitting. But we say, well, this is nothing new, right? And for us, 
now we've built it to a point where almost every day we're able to do this. But it wasn't that way in the beginning for us. My work schedule, the kids' schedule, the busyness. But we got together a day or two. And then we added more. And so, uh, like a lot of things we've talked about in in previous episodes, um, you see the benefits of this. And it's beneficial even if it's just happening some to start. Something is better than nothing at all. And it does help us with things like prioritizing and scheduling and um, taking that step back to the the member's point about building a house without a dining room. He wasn't necessarily saying it because nobody could cook or nobody wanted to sit down, but people were just too busy. Yep. And and that's, again, probably a whole nother episode. Uh, But I just, I was, as we talked about things that that we might take on in future episodes, the the reading about families that eat together and, uh, you know, there's the cliche, the family that eats together stays together, some of those things. But there's some really neat um, information out there that points to just a, a happier, healthier, and frankly, more faithful kid and family. It's not a magic bullet. But it definitely doesn't hurt. Absolutely not. So if you get a chance, check out, do a little research, check out some of those articles. Uh, There's one on StanfordChildrensHospital.com or org. I'm not quite sure on that. The Washington Post has the article that's titled, The Most Important Thing You Can Do With Your Kids, Eat Dinner With Them. That's the title. And then uh, there's a great New York Times article as well about the significance of this family dinner. Steve, the last thing I had on my notes, and you briefly just touched, this is a great time to communicate with your family plans and what's going on for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. And it's just to make sure everyone's on the same page as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and we've seen that with our family, even if it's maybe even just Michelle and I talking through it, but the kids are there and they're hearing a little bit what's going on uh, before they're excused and on to other things. The last thing I had, and this is something that's come up in every, literally every episode we've done, but what a, the prayer time that we have together as well. Um, it's been an opportunity for us, um, you know, for the kids to pray and the kids get real comfortable about being thankful for the day and thankful for the food. And then we build on that. Well, what else? Yep. Next time you say the prayer, what what's something else, or who's someone else that we've been praying for? And right. And so our ability to uh, work on the prayer life of our family while we're gathered around the table um, is something else that I had down to talk about, and I think yeah. that's um, seen in a lot of families. Um, this is a great time to pray together. If you're not quite ready to do a family devotional, you know some of these conversations. Who did you bless? And praying together, this time around the table kind of becomes one. Yeah. And what's what's neat about this, I think the more often that you do this at home, it carries over to when you're out to eat as well. So you can move your dining table to a restaurant once in a while, you know, uh, and there's still great conversation to be had. Right. And definitely make sure that prayer is not something that stays in the home, but that your children see it outside the house as and well. And other, other people see your family interacting in this way right. or praying and, right. and just the the outreach and yeah. the, um, that light that you are just in little things like that. Yep. Uh, you're exactly right. Absolutely. Steve, anything else that you had? We've touched on most of my notes. Again, I just appreciate uh, those of you who've taken a little time to, uh, to listen to us today and hopefully 
uh, maybe you've got a few things you can take to the table. Absolutely. We'll see you again and talk to you again next Thursday. Have a great day.